Trump is set to be arraigned today, and a man is charged with voter suppression for posting a meme. A meme, yes. And free speech is so 2000. So Justin Trudeau is here to solve that problem for us in a new bill that is going to be voted on eventually in Canada. And finally, in the wake of a week of trans terrorism in Nashville and beyond, Joe Biden preaches a homily on Trans Day of Visibility that will touch your soul. All that and more today on Indie Thinker. Today's show is sponsored by our good friend Bernie Sanders and his brand new book, It's Okay to Be Angry at Capitalism. This man is a true believer. So before I get into the actual contents of the book, I want to make sure that you understand the background of the book and how it was produced. In fact, Bernie did not use a single tree to create the interior pages of this book. It's all sustainably sourced. In fact, he used the flesh of aborted babies in order to make these pages. And moreover, he also wanted to make sure that he didn't support the very thing that he's aiming to fight against. And so he won't be selling his book on Amazon. In fact, to ship this book to you, he's not even going to have a carbon footprint whatsoever because his aging communist body needs the exercise. So he's going to be walking every single book that is purchased directly to the doors that purchase them, dropping them off, and then probably autographing them uh, for you so that you can have that for your safekeeping. So you can rest assured that this book is totally logically consistent in every way that you could possibly imagine, especially when we jump into the interior of the book and we hear things like this. That one quote that really sticks out is that Bernie believes that policies in the United States and conversations about democracy should not be had based upon resources, but rather, quote, it should take place on the basis of motive and will. So that's right. Bernie Sanders and his cronies are going to determine the goodwill and the motives of people's heart. Like a good communist, he doesn't need God. He will take God's place, and then he will tell you what you actually intend by everything that you're doing. This is why I can encourage you to place your well-earned money in the hands of somebody like Bernie by purchasing this book. Or you could actually do something logical and you could invest your money in a place like Element Home Loans. And by doing that, you'll be securing your family's financial future, but you'll also be supporting a company who cares about the things that you care about. So you could buy Bernie's book, or if you're in the real estate market, you could go to the most trusted name in the business. And that's, of course, Kevin Blair and the team over at Element Home Loans. So if you want to go there to get pre-approved for your next home, you need to go to kbmtg.com and you need to do it today. Welcome to the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Now, Donald Trump is set to be arraigned today, causing evil people all over the world who should not hate a man as much as some people hate Donald Trump to rejoice and others to question the legitimacy of what's really happening. A lot of people saying this is unprecedented for sure. Seems totally unprecedented, but unprecedented things have happened in the past. And just because something hasn't happened before doesn't mean it should happen in the present. And then some are saying, well, this just seems dishonest. And sure, one tends to think so. And then there are others who are identifying the fact that it seems incredibly hypocritical. And it's hypocritical in this sense. Democrats don't care about law and order. Alvin Bragg isn't interested in bringing real criminals to justice. He stated at the beginning of his time in office that he would find a way to indict Donald Trump. And here we go. 
But the Democrats, writ large, also don't believe in law and order. They're the defund the police movement. And they're the ones who, while Black Lives Matter, rioters and looters were burning city streets in America, Kamala Harris was tweeting that we need to bail out these rioters and looters. So they, they don't care about law and order. But, but I have a clip to show you that was taken about six months ago, and it, it really kind of places leftist hypocrisy on full display. So here's Jamie Raskins talking about the MAGA movement. Two of the hallmarks of a fascist political party are, one, they don't accept the results of uh, elections that don't go their way, and two, they embrace political violence. And I think that's why President Biden was right to sound the alarm this week about these continuing attacks on our constitutional order from the outside by Donald Trump and his movement. So what I just showed you there was Jamie Raskins going on a national news network in the last six months to try to tell us that anybody who is a political opponent is definitely a fascist because the context here is the January 6th committee investigating Donald Trump so that they can get rid of a political opponent. So I can't help but see a little bit of hypocrisy in the fact that Jamie Raskins wants to go on TV and define fascism for us as anybody who wants to deny elections and use violence. I don't think that the left is actually concerned about that whatsoever. So essentially all he's saying is anybody that I disagree with is, is a fascist because Within the context of this Alvin Bragg trial, let's be honest, Democrats don't care about powerful men using their power to get away with sexual liaison. Sorry, Mr. Clinton. Uh, please don't send your people to kill me. And I also don't think Democrats are all that concerned about people that deny elections because, of course, in 2016, Hillary did just that. But you don't have to go that far back in your memory hole to to look at people who are willing to use violence on the left to deny things that happen politically, because just last week, in the wake of a trans activist killing six people in Nashville, a group of activists showed up at the Tennessee Capitol. On the screen now, you can see a bunch of what you might consider insurrectionists invading the state capitol, accosting and attacking police officers, forcing their way into the legislative chamber of the capitol, getting on microphones and shouting. Now, not only could you see at this protest people waving pride flags that say no justice, no peace, but you also heard a rather vile statement coming out of the mouths of these activists at the Tennessee State Capitol. They said this, no action, no peace. Now, that sure seems to be an implicit threat of violence, especially within the wake of what just took place in Nashville with the death of six people at a Christian school. And I won't stop saying it, because if you kind of put the pieces together here, we have trans activists at the Tennessee State Capitol saying that we will not give you peace unless you do what we want. So forgive me if just a couple of days after the shooting, I can't help but suggest that ultimately the vile and disgusting implication here is that you either do politically what we want or we will continue to kill your women and children. As you can clearly see, the left does not care about using violence for political purposes. A lot of people think, you know, they're playing 4D chess here. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to push Trump forward to the election because they know that this trial is so frivolous that nothing will come of it. And ultimately, this is going to keep Trump in the news. And that's what we want because we want him running against Joe Biden because he's infinitely beatable against Joe Biden. 
But I actually don't think that's true. Uh, there may be some who are actually strategizing that way, but but I don't think human beings really play 4D chess all that well. I think ultimately all we're seeing before us again is nothing less than hypocrisy. But that's why I wanted to talk about it. Yes, within the context of Alvin Bragg and this trial, but, but more importantly, within the context of, of humanity and everything that we're seeing in our political environment right now. See, godless secularism ultimately leads to arbitrary moral standards. And it leaves you with nothing less than the ethical virtues that you whipped up for breakfast that morning. See, ultimately, all you will do without a transcendent God in your life and a transcendent set of values in your life by which to live by is consistently play a different role for personal gain. So this flip-flopping to try to get rid of Donald Trump is not 40 chess. It's just desperate floundering to try to get rid of somebody that... Probably, if you were a good person, you wouldn't hate as much as you do. So if we're going to talk about godless secularism, I think it's only right, especially as we close in on Easter, to, to look and see what the Bible says about hypocrisy, because Jesus spoke about it a lot. Jesus used the Greek word Hippocrates to talk about hypocrisy, and he often said it about the, the religious and, more importantly, the influential political leaders of his day. They just so happened very often to be to be religious in the Jewish community. Surprise. But the word Hippocrates just means this. It means somebody who is an actor or somebody who is playing a part. And the idea is somebody who plays a part for personal gain. So here's my argument for you today. Without a transcendent God, you ultimately live a life of utilitarianism. You will ultimately do that which benefits the most people. See, Jesus wasn't saying that hypocrisy is a bunch of evil people doing evil things, saying one thing and doing another. That's often what we associate hypocrisy with. We say, oh, you Christians, you know, you, uh, you say that you do the right thing, but look at the way that you talk to people in traffic or, or lo look at the way that you get angry just like I do. So, like, listen, everybody does one thing, says one thing, and does another. That, that, that's not necessarily what hypocrisy is. Hypocrisy is way more intentional than that. We all have sin. Hypocrisy is playing a part intentionally for personal gain. And this is what Jesus was talking about in the Bible. And he was ultimately pointing to the fact that that's all you can do if you're not going to believe in God and truly Trust God to lead and guide and direct your life. All you will have is these moral arbitrary standards that you developed for yourself that will come and go based upon the season or the time or what is most convenient for you in the moment. That's what I mean by utilitarianism. Utilitarianism ultimately means that it, that it will do that which is best for the most amount of people. So it's a majoritarian kind of idea, and ultimately it leaves you with the hypocrisy that we're seeing before our very face with this Alvin Bragg trial and every single thing the Democrats have tried to do to get at Donald Trump. And it brings me back to this realization that if you don't have a director and you don't have a story for life, then you will eventually have no purpose. You will be playing a million different parts off the stage that you shouldn't be playing. So, yes, hypocrisy is on display in this Trump arraignment. It's bad for the country, and it's bad for us all. But true religion can hold our nation together. If we actually move back to a moral standard in our society, then we won't merely be trying to attack our political opponents like we see in this trial and like we saw so not so long ago with Jamie Raskins. We won't be merely 
distorting and twisting history to benefit ourselves for the moment because we won't be playing a part for hypocritical purposes. Now, I hear this very often online when I talk about the decline of Christianity in the West and the decline of church attendance in the West. Very smart, or so they think, uh, atheists and secularists will come and say, see, this is why people are not going to church anymore. It's because you're a bunch of hypocrites and because you're a bunch of bigots. See, if you would just get with the time and sell out your religion, then more people would start coming to church. Well, forgive me if I think that's an incredibly idiotic statement, because sellouts don't draw crowds. Jesus teaches us that brave people draw crowds, people who are willing to stand up for their convictions. Bravery is needed more so than ever before in our society, and I don't know how we really understand how to stand up if we don't understand what our role truly is. If we're just arbitrarily making it up as we go along, what keeps us from merely being actors who put on a mask and play a role for personal gain? I think that's all we're left with unless we develop a higher purpose for our life. And I believe these things like the Alvin Bragg trial will become less and less and less. And these political stunts will become less and less if we can actually find something to hold our society together bigger than politics. Now, we'll see why it's all that much more important as we forge ahead into the future that we do that in our top stories today. Now, I want to reiterate something I spoke about at the beginning of the show, which is that I'm going to be speaking about the Nashville shooter more. And I want to keep that at the forefront of your mind, especially as the left is trying to do their best to distance themselves from what just took place and even seemingly try to distract you with what's going on with Donald Trump and Alvin Bragg to, you know, to once again use Donald Trump as this shiny object to deter away from the actual from the actual crap show that is the Joe Biden administration and everything the left has been doing. I think they are largely responsible for creating a class of terrorists in our country. Um, and perhaps, and hopefully not, but perhaps we'll see even more devastating impacts of policies the left is implementing like we did in, in Nashville. And I want to put that at the forefront of your mind, but I am pushing that to Thursday because today there are some important things to talk about and perhaps pushing to a later date does keep that kind of story in our consciousness. Uh, and, but the story that I want to talk about today is truly a troubling one. Douglas Mackey was just found guilty and could face a max of 10 years in jail for, or in prison, forgive me, for posting a, a meme. And the meme was a text this number to vote for Hillary and stay home and beat the lines. Now, I'll admit that I don't think that this is the wisest of trolls, but let's face it, uh, only less than 5,000 people actually texted this number. And what's also interesting is that uh, there were absolutely no people who testified against Mackey in this trial that said that they didn't vote because of, because of this this meme, but it didn't stop the left from absolutely going after Mackey and suggesting that this is yet another fascist attempt uh, from the right to suppress the vote. And of course, we know that's why Hillary lost, not because she's the worst presidential candidate in the history of forever. She's a dumpster fire on top of the seventh level of hell kind of inferno fire that you can expect when you meet Hillary in the afterlife if you go to the same place. I'm only merely suggesting that ultimately, the, the real reason Hillary lost has nothing to do with this guy, and this guy might not actually have suppressed any votes because they didn't actually bring anybody, no witnesses present, that, su that 
testified that their vote was suppressed because of this guy. But of course, more importantly, whether or not there were actually votes suppressed by this troll online, uh, of course, we know that this kind of stuff absolutely happens on the left. In fact, you can see it on the screen right now with our dear friend Christina Wong, who posted this, that... Uh, uh, this eerily similar Twitter post about how you can uh, vote for Donald Trump by just staying at home. So the whole idea here is that the left loves to talk about voter suppression and they love hypocrisy. Because we all know that the voter suppression that was talked about that supposedly took place in Georgia and other red states really amounted to absolutely nothing. And if you'll recall the identity politics left actually did nothing when they were talking about all of this voter suppression nonsense when they were in control of both the House and the Senate. Now, no laws were passed and nothing actually substantively took place to actually secure voter rights because there is no city or state in America where black people or minorities are actually disenfranchised in terms of their voting or at least unable to vote. The best that the left could come up with in terms of voter suppression during that whole fiasco was that they couldn't get water and they couldn't get food in line. Now, of course, this is only an attempt to try to keep voting purely about voting so that a dude wearing somebody else's T-shirt, you know, vote for whoever, um, couldn't come up to that person and offer them those things and try to sway their vote or try to talk to them or try to to manipulate the voting process. But of course, we know the left loves to do that. No, of course, they would never do that, right? Not those people who want to increase mail-in voting because mail-in voting surely has no room whatsoever for transgressions and inaccuracies. All this to just simply suggest this, that we don't need you, leftists, to try to help us suppress voting by telling us voter suppression is a problem. What we actually need is we need free speech to regulate itself. That's why it's a constitutionally assured uh, right, because we believe that free speech in and of itself is good and should be allowed. So this meme where this person does this dumb stuff, frankly, the people who are dumb enough to fall for it might deserve the punishment. But as we suggested earlier, nobody really did. We can't prove anywhere that anyone fell for this nonsense or that this person was able to sway any votes in the direction of Trump because of a lack of turnout. Ultimately, this is nothing more than castigating an enemy because the left loves nothing more than to hate their enemies and to give forgiveness to their friends. But let's be honest, actions like this are actually consistent with a worldview based upon utilitarianism and scientific naturalism and materialism. Of course, the ends justify the means always if you believe that you are virtuous. This goes to the Nashville shooter, by the way. You know, uh, Of course, we can have sympathy for this individual who massacred small children and, uh, uh, and women and one elderly black man. We can have sympathy for that person because ultimately America is just an unjust place that disenfranchised and disillusioned this person. And it's actually our fault that this person took a gun and shot up all those people. Rather, I suggest to you this, that the real problem is not left and right, but anybody who buys into a philosophy that is godless in nature, because I'm going to tell you something whether you like it or not. Belief follows 
behavior, and behavior follows belief. Now, you may argue, and I understand this argument, that I don't care what you believe, I care how you behave. The problem with that argument is that your behavior is naturally followed by your belief. What you believe will dictate your behavior. Now, this is an argument that I think is important to note, especially as it as it pertains to hypocrisy in this instance, because, because of the whole dichotomy of like, hate your enemies and forgive your friends. So here's the, here's the point. Whenever Christians do that, which is evil or bad, it is always in contradiction to their belief system. So a lot of people love to bring up the Crusades. Oh, well, you Christians during the Inquisition and the Crusades, you guys did horrible acts of atrocity. So, so why should we believe that Christianity is such a morally superior religion that we should all believe in? Why should we believe that nonsense? See what your people did in the past? Well, here's the problem. Whenever you see Christians doing acts of murderous violence, it is always in opposition to the belief system of Christianity. So it's really easy to say that those people weren't actually Christians. And of course, you can call yourself a Christian and not be one at all. So that's pretty obvious. So whenever acts of atrocities and violence and evil took place at the behest or at the hand of Christians, it was done so by people who were actually violating the precepts of Christianity. Now, here's the real problem that we need to consider in the present. Whenever a leftist has a crusade and they do things like what they did with this meme maker and what they're doing with Donald Trump, it is always in logical consistency with their worldview because they believe that as social elites, they are your moral betters. Then even if they have to play a part in order to create personal gain, it's okay because ultimately the ends justify the means. This is why what you believe is incredibly important as it pertains to your behavior. And that's why I think it's important that we insist upon accurately understanding the morality of the people who are discussing what's going on in our nation. And I, and I want to also point this out in our next story as we look at what Justin Trudeau is doing in Canada. So just recently, a Canadian law with the backing of Justin Trudeau has been proposed that would allow the government to actively censor content online. So that's YouTube and social media and wherever there is online content, the government would be the ones who are censoring all that content. Now, forgive the fact that uh, Justin Trudeau doesn't have the ability to rub two brain cells together, and you still have an incredibly, you know, damaging reality when we think about the implications of this thing. Now, here we have the YouTube CEO, the new YouTube CEO, to help us try to grapple with the reality of what it might actually mean that the government is fully, you know, full-on totalitarian dystopian and trying to censor speech. So, from YouTube CEO Neil Mohan, he stated in a blog post that the people proposing this law will actually be hurting themselves because of the al algorithm saying this. When YouTube viewers come to the YouTube homepage, they're served content that a Canadian government regulator has prioritized. And then they're served that content by that Canadian regulator that has been prioritized rather than the content they are interested in. And ultimately, here's what he's saying. The way the algorithm works is this, is that if you thumbs down content, you will see less of it. And the content you thumbs up, you will see more of it. That's the way the algorithm works. So if you say to yourself, boy, I don't know why this stuff is happening on my TikTok feed like it is, and you have a bunch of obese women dancing in bikinis, it could be because that's actually content that you've watched for longer than a second.
So the curse causeless shall not come, in other words. Uh, so we, we can tell a lot by your feed. But needless to say, uh, the way the algorithm works is that it's feeding you the content that you want. So ultimately, if you're thumbsing, thumbing down content that the Canadian government is purposefully choosing for you, they will show you less of it. And you want that information to go to the people that want it the most because that's where it's going to make the most difference. Yeah, so that's the real problem, Neil Mohan. The real problem is that you're just going to be doing this self-defeating thing that really won't help you in the end. Not the fact that what you're doing is objectively immoral and ridiculous. So yeah, the problem is not controlled speech, which ultimately is compelled speech by the government. No, that's not the problem. And if, by the way, the quote that I just read was in an article by the Free Press, and uh, if you continue to read that article, um, the the author of that article m would suggest to you that one of the big problems is that people like Justin Bieber would never be discovered if the Canadian government is controlling what's taking place online with online content. You know, oh, the humanity, Justin Bieber as a young boy would never have been discovered, and then we would be robbed of that amazing music. Um, so, no. Here's the real problem. The real problem is when you have a group of people that are morally and spiritually bankrupt leading a nation, you can only expect the kind of hypocrisy that suggests that there are moral betters and they should be the ones curtailing content for all of us, rather than that we should be able to decide for ourselves. No, here's the real solution on top of that. We have to, more than ever before, think for ourselves. As we see totalitarian governments like the Justin Trudeau uh, regime continue to emerge, we are reminded that it was never the government's responsibility to think for us. It really wasn't even the responsibility of the local police department to do our protecting for our family for us. See, the police are only going to proactively, after a crime has been committed, come in and try to do the best that they can but it's your responsibility. And every good police officer that I know says this, it's your responsibility to protect your family, as it is your responsibility to think for yourself on a political way. It is your responsibility to look at the content that you're, that you're watching and look at it from an objective standpoint and try to, as much as possible, separate yourself from the argument and then to think about it that way. To think about it from not a subjective position, but an objective position where you understand you have your own experiences, you have your own beliefs, you have your own thoughts on the matter, but you try to understand the arguments so that you're not straw manning and creating this fictitious idea of things that don't really exist, but that you understand what you're actually talking about. That is not the responsibility of the government. And the more we abdicate thinking for ourselves and give it to other people, they will take you at your word and then they will do your thinking for you. But we can't allow that, especially as we'll see in our last story, when we see that Joe Biden, the thought leader of American politics and the thought leader of morality in the United States, is saying ridiculous things about the Bible. And we'll jump into our final segment as we talk about that Bible study with Democrats. Oh, God of pronouns. So March 31st was Transgender Day of Visibility. Now, you may be asking to yourself, what in the world is that? And are transgender people invisible? Um, and so you probably know the answer to the second question. But Transgender Day of Visibility is a day where the transgender community comes out of their super secret hideout and they turn off their secret powers of invisibility and they come out for all the world to see and they definitely do not harass people like this. So as you can see on the screen, there are people uh, standing in the middle of traffic, 
and uh, people who happen to be just driving by, harassing those people in their car, and showing how tolerant uh, trans people can truly be. Now, all of this took place also within the context of our wonderful, amazing president posting this on Twitter. He said, on Transgender Day of Visibility, we want you to know that we see you just as you are, made in the image of God and deserving of dignity, respect, and support. We'll never stop working to create a world where you won't have to be brave just to be yourself. And then he posted this picture that says, transgender people deserve love, dignity, and respect. Because of course, the way that you truly love people is by lying to them and then getting big pharma to uh, line their pockets with your cash at the expense of your own mental health. Um, so forgive me if I have a way different understanding of love, dignity, and respect that actually looks more like the Bible that Joe Biden seems to want to quote, because maybe you caught it there, uh, the idea of the image of God. So what does it truly mean to be made in the image of God? Before we get there, let me just comment on his final statement there too in the in the tweet. Uh, we'll never stop working to create a world where you don't have to be brave just to be yourself. May I remind you that first of all, that's not the job of a president. Um, and the fact that the executive branch has grown so big to be, that this man actually believes that it is, is actually pretty troubling. Um, so it's not his job to try to help us not have to be brave to be ourselves, because actually that's a personal decision that we have to make. And it has always been brave to truly be yourself. And by brave to be yourself, we don't mean like, and I think he means this, by the way, um, we don't mean just brave to cut off your body parts. I think he actually truly does mean brave to to actually be who you were created to be. I think that's what he means. Now, of course, we have two different ways of understanding what that means, but it has always taken bravery to be who you were created to be. Because, frankly, there's a bunch of adults who still don't understand who they were created to be because they haven't taken the time and the effort to actually invest in understanding why they are here on this earth and taking the hard look at themselves to really answer that question or taking the time to pick up a book and perhaps reading so that they can see what past generations have done to answer that question rather than just you know self-referencing that that answer so needless to say it is always taken bravery to be yourself the president will not take that job away from you you still need to be brave to be who you're supposed to be Bravery is one of the rarest commodities in our nation, and, and hardly do we need the president to come and try to take more opportunities to be brave away from us. Yeah, it's not his job to be brave for us, in other words. But more importantly, what does it truly mean to be made in the image of God? It's incredibly important that we understand this. And you may say, why? Well, because if you push aside the hypocrisy of how Joe Biden honored the victims of Nashville when he showed up, started talking about ice cream and making jokes and how he wants to now honor trans people, one of which was actually responsible for the violence that took place in Nashville. Push aside the hypocrisy that he's not really even willing to talk about any of that and really give it justice. More importantly, when he talks about what it actually means to be made in the image of God, we see that what he is inferring is actually really troubling. So he's inferring to a group of trans people that to be made in the image of God means that you can craft your own body to be whatever image you want it to be. And that's hardly being made in the image of God, that's being made in the image of, of man. And this is 
actually kind of a problem because it brings us back to the ends justify the means kind of goal. So Joe Biden will pander to a group of people, even if he knows objectively the thing to be bad, if he feels like it will promote him electorally. Now, even if you're trans and you've made it this far in the show, I commend you because that truly is brave. And trust me, Joe Biden didn't give that to you. Um, but but I want I hope you can agree with this, that 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 what it truly means to be made in the image of God has nothing to do with whatever surgery you may take upon yourself. God is a spiritual being, so he doesn't have genitalia. This has nothing to do with physical attributes. When the Bible says that mankind is made in the image of God, it doesn't mean that God is both male and female. It means this, that God puts something in a man and he puts something in a female that all of us have. And that is a soul, the capacity for higher reason, the capacity to ask existential questions, the capacity to commune with God. All mankind has a soul. This is the difference between the animal kingdom and humans. Animals don't go around asking themselves, why am I here? What's the meaning of life? And is there a higher purpose to this life? These are questions humans ask because they have a soul. And now leftists everywhere are squirming in their seat because they know that that means that they might not get to go to heaven with Fido. Now, I'm not prepared to answer that ridiculous, nonsensical, and pointless question. And more importantly, it's this idea that we are created in God's image because there is a soul, which the left wants to consistently deny, like Biden does here, and move to more kind of physical expressions of what it actually means to be made in the image of God. But the problem here is this, is that you cannot draw a straight line from intrinsic value to a person without the existence of a soul. So in other words, the values that he's giving you will only come to you from the government. And if the government can give them to you, the government can take them away from you. This is why it cannot be a right implemented or a physical existence that we're talking about. Now, are trans people made in the image of God? Sure they are, in the sense that trans people have a soul too. But if we suggest otherwise, ultimately all we're saying is just this, anything is made in the image of God. Uh, the murderer is made in the image of God. The abortionist is made in the image of God, so keep on murdering. Keep on aborting. You know, anything can be made in the image of God if we're talking about a physical reality rather than a spiritual one. And it brings us back to this reality. Thank God we don't have to rest on Joe Biden's interpretation of what the Imago Dei actually is. We can actually go to a better source. God made you, and he is best suited to lead you, especially in issues of the soul, and people are not. Progressive Christians, like Biden, want to use Scripture for their own advantage. They want to use it as a club to wield, uh, to beat you over the head with, with it. Uh, they, they want to treat Scripture flippantly for their own purposes and use it for their own political advantage. This is the ultimate of hypocrisy, whereas the fundamentalist, who the progressive Christian is the sworn enemy of— um, the fundamentalist actually just wants to look at the Word of God, wants to take it at face value, and then understand what it is actually saying. Now, forgive me for saying so, but you're better with the latter because the latter is going to lead you to God. The other leads you to Joe Biden. Now, please, you may disagree with me fundamentally about my belief in Christianity. You may even disagree with religion and its importance in society, but I hope you are honest enough intellectually to see that, that anybody who is using scripture, religion, or other things for political advantage is nothing more than the kind of hypocrite that Jesus talked about when he said a hypocrite is somebody who's merely playing a part, an actor on stage who once they get off the stage then also plays a part for personal gain. 
Now, I hope we can realize that. I hope we can be intellectually honest enough. I hope we can think with ourself, for ourselves enough to at least suggest and realize that it is important that not only we understand religious ideas, but also we understand their maker. Because if we give our allegiance to a man, we'll get what a man can get. But if we give our allegiance to God, if God exists, and I believe he does, then you can get what God really has to offer, which is the kind of dignity, respect, and understanding of your intrinsic value that you deserve to have, which has nothing to do, by the way, with chopping anything off your body. The self-acceptance movement must begin, and it starts with understanding who made you. If you want to take that journey, I would love to hear from you down in the comment section below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And most importantly, go with God. Thank you.